welcome, welcome to episode four of the OG of the HRC way. I am the OG of the HRC. Welcome. Um, today we have a pretty fun out of the box guest a little bit later. Her name is Lori Burnson and uh, she works with Guide Dogs of America because she herself is blind and has a guide dog captain who is so insanely cute and handsome and probably smarter than me. But uh, I just wanted to start off by saying happy holiday season to all my lovely listeners. We are officially in it and with holiday season comes pay it forward and giving back right? Which is why I think it's so great having Lori on because blindness is not something that we think about personally, even though any one of us can be affected by it at any point. We only think about it if it affects someone we know, someone we love. So I think it's really great having Lori not only talk about the amazing organization that she worked, the nonprofit she works for, um, Guide Dogs of America, but it's also important to hear her story just about never giving up. And you're going to hear from this woman about how quote unquote normal her life is. Thanks to her, a a huge part, thanks to her guide dog captain. And I just think, um, this holiday season, as we're trying to decide who we're going to pay it forward to, and, you know, just, just remember to think outside of the box because, um, you know, you never know there's, it's sort of, I talk about it a little bit later on, but you know, Susan G. Komen, she started the awareness for breast cancer and my oh my look at it now. And it's remarkable the amount of research that's gone into it. So it's like, that's great. And that's amazing. But like, let's continue that pattern on. And, you know, I mean, these guide dogs, they cost uh, around $50,000 to train them. Thankfully, the applicant doesn't have to pay a cent um, because it's all nonprofit. But, you know, this holiday season, like I said, when you're writing those charity checks, which we all tend to do at the holidays, you know, just maybe go check out Guide Dogs of America. And hopefully Lori's inspirational story makes you uh, smile today. She's she's a pretty remarkable woman and she's overcome a lot and she uh, is about as quote unquote again normal as they come. So that's what I have for you today and and I guess uh, maybe be a little more kind to one another. Times are tough and you know again holiday season so kindness should be on overload maybe. But uh, with that being said, I hope you enjoy uh, my interview with Lori from the Guide Dogs of America and Captain. Check it out. Hey guys, it is the OG of the HRC here in this fabulous November day, officially in holiday season. I cannot believe it. I am so excited to be joined today by Lori Burnson and her dog, Captain. And the reason why her dog is important is Lori will tell you. (laughs) So I'm going to let Lori kind of take over and guide and say who she is and why she's important and to my, my thing. Yeah, your thing. My, speaking of guiding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good see how I did that? Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> um, I, my name is Lori Burnson, and I am blind as a result of diabetes uh, that I've had for many years, but I lost my vision about 25 years ago. And after that, the abridged version of this is that uh, I really didn't know how... Living in Los Angeles, I would be able to just be independent like I was prior to losing vision. And I was very, very hesitant on learning how to use a cane because then I couldn't hide it anymore. Then I knew me walking outside with a white cane, that would be my sign. Hi, I'm blind. Right. And I felt just very vulnerable and just it, it didn't match quote who you are, who I was until I realized we could all be blind and it happens to everybody. Right. And then I spent quite a while just kind of listening to books on tape and at the time and then books on CD and I realized I need to do more I need this is great but I need to do more with my life and the result of that came when I realized I 
think a guide dog could really help me here. Just on your own, you thought that? Just on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, searched out different guide dog schools and I found Guide Dogs of America and they're very family oriented. It's it's a smaller school in, in Los Angeles. And I realized one of the prerequisites of obtaining a guide dog is you have to learn how to use the cane. So that was kind of like, okay, now what do I do? In order to get this dog, I've got to learn how to carry my sign around. And I realized it was a means to an end. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to learn how to use this cane, which actually is a very common hurdle. You can no longer fake it. And apparently I don't look blind. I don't have the stereotype that people are expecting blind people to look like. Right. So I can attest to that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that look is. Yeah. Right. Um, Well, we all have, that's what I was just telling um, Sam, my uh, editor and producer. I said, right before you got here, I said, this is really, I found, I sound so ignorant saying this, but in my head, what a blind person looked like was literally Helen Keller. And that's so naive and ridiculous, but that's what I thought. Cause I don't, I don't know anyone who's blind personally. Now I do, but I mean, I didn't know what that looked like. What does that even look like? I mean, <laughs> I just realized that I, the only way through this is to be try to be who I was before I lost my vision was to get through this and try to find a way to be independent. And I found that when I received my first guide dog, Nigel, it absolutely changed my life like nothing else. It's the biggest impact I've had in my world ever because it really allowed me to go through a bit of a tragedy try you know, not to be dramatic but you no, know, I think it kind it's of dramatic. <laughs> shakes your life a little bit yeah. and you yeah. don't know what to do with it and living right. in LA the public transportation is not great it's horrible it's horrible <laughs> and it's non-existent no but I always like to drive and I was always the driver yeah and then when I just started branching out with Nigel it gave me so much confidence that Oh my gosh, look look what I'm doing as a blind person. I'm out here. I'm I'm walking. Right. <laughs> I'm walking. I'm not walking into things. Right. And it's almost I say this and some people don't really understand it or get it, but it's almost like what I have what I've been given with my guide dogs has been the ability to almost have more confidence than I had when I had sight. Because it's like, if you can go through this and you can come out the other side and you can still be at least somewhat of the person you want to be. Yeah. You did it. You did it. And trust me, I was maybe very materialistic. You know, I, like I said, I wanted to dress a certain way. I wanted to drive a certain car and I realized that you, even friends, when you see someone from across the room, there's something about that person that draws you in visually that says, oh, I think I could be friends with him. I think I could be friends right. with him. There's a, there's a something. Yeah. And you can't define it. Right. But it's definitely a visual something. Right. And I realized I don't have that visual something anymore to connect. Mm-hmm. So I've got to kind of do it in another way. And my dogs have been very easy at kind of going over that bridge for me because people would approach and say, right. oh, what a beautiful dog. <laughs> but in a really, in you know, in light of the materialistic things that we all, if we're honest with each other, we all judge, you know, with materialistic things, most of us. Yeah. And it was like a weight off of my shoulder because I could meet people, have no idea what they look like and not care. And I truly got to either like them or dislike them by just who they were. Right. With no visual judgment to stop me from getting to know them if if it was, you know, this seems like a really nice person. Right. And that was really, really refreshing. It's almost like a childlike feature that you have. You know what I mean? When we teach our kids to like not judge by appearances and like that's the hope. And I have an almost 11 year old niece and she's very much like, I don't care who, what, where, how, this is my friend. Like, and I know that, you know, so you have that ability. You're right. Because you can't see them. So you're judging based on solely the personality. That is a gift in a way. It is. And and we don't all want to agree that we, we do judge. 
yeah. people judge. It's, it's you may not want to say that you do, but you do. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, somebody wearing something that's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know, that kind of scares me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not there anymore. Right. It's strictly by conversation and, you know, the feeling that you get about the person's real personality and their soul and there's exactly right which exactly. is exactly all it boils down to yes right? it's your one soul yes connections with one soul yes so before you were blind so 25 years you've been mm-hmm. blind gradually you went blind correct so actually i it was well i had some problems with my right eye Mm. And due to the diabetes, the diabetes. Right. And were you born, like, did you have a since, like, childhood diabetes? I or? didn't find out I was diabetic until I was 16. Oh, wow. Okay. So from 16 on, we started, you know, injections and um, insulin injections. and. But for me, when I was 16, I was playing tennis a lot. Mm. And I acknowledged the fact that I was diabetic, but I didn't really take care of myself. It was like, Oh, I'll just take some insulin and I feel fine. So therefore I should be fine. And not, I, I definitely do not look back and say, Oh, I bet that's why I'm in the situation. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm in now, Mm -hmm. but I don't, but the lesson is, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. Right. If you, if you choose it, it's a choice. Yeah. I chose not to because at 16 I wanted to eat what I wanted I didn't want to be like whipping out syringes and taking insulin in front of my friends as a teenager yeah that sounds like a lot of yeah or in the middle of a tennis match we've got to stop and the attention goes on Lori because her sugars are low right and so I just just kept going like any other kid yeah and then when I was 33 I started having uh, detached retina, mm-hmm. which is what starts from diabetes right. results. But I was still able to drive. I was working at Paramount and I was still able to go to work every day, drive, drive, drive. And then one day in my office, my left eye took on the same exact path that my right eye took, which was within 15 seconds, my vision just grayed out. Oh my God. So now I was like, okay, I've got no vision in my right eye because we hoped that that would resolve on its own. Right. And now I don't have vision in my left eye. So it was time to think about, okay, what do I do? Right. I'm, I'm in trouble here. Yeah. So I remember that day in Paramount, I was on the phone and I was in the licensing department making a, a good uh, licensing contract. I was very happy. And that moment changed in moments. And I had to get a ride home that day because obviously I couldn't drive home. And then the next, after that, the next couple of years, I just realized, how am I going to do this? How how am I going to figure out what I can do? Mm-hmm. And when I received my first dog, it was like, it became not about like the things I can't do, but oh my gosh, look, look at what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't about, I lost my vision, but it was about, I gained this amazing creature that my best friend has my whole heart. Yeah. I trust completely. And he gets to go with me everywhere. The beauty of not having to pay attention Excuse me to like the dangerous sounds of life. Right. You could, I, you could, I could like, Oh my gosh, there's birds. Right. <laughs> because when you're walking with your cane, you're so hyper-focused on listening for things you have to be aware of. Right. And is there a car? Is there whatever it is? Right. But with a guide dog, you don't have to do that. Right. The guide dog just takes over and you learn to trust them and kind of takes the disability out of disability. Right. It's empowering. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So then your transition from Lori pre-blindness and post. So obviously you worked at Paramount. So at what point did you have to step down from that and decide that you needed to, I mean, you have to work, right? To become a different person. <laughs> yeah, it's a different person and you have to work and make money. And, and yes. h- how did you transition that? I mean, um, it was tough. I think sometimes I'd like to say that denial is a wonderful thing. Right. And so... From when I lost my vision 
at Paramount that day, I went home knowing, all right, I'm just going to probably go on short-term disability mm-hmm. and thinking that we'll, we'll get this resolved somehow. Right. And then short-term disability became long-term disability. Right. And then it was, I've got to find a new passion. It kind of fell into place when I received Nigel and I was uh, doing some, you know, speaking on behalf of the school mm-hmm. and just getting involved, um, not to pay back because there's no charge to the recipient right. of the guide dog. That's what's remarkable. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's, you always feel as a guide dog recipient, oh my God, what can I do to give back? Right. I, you can't. Because it's like, I, I think I when I was doing research before you got here, it's like, an insane amount of money to train these dogs, to breed these dogs, to raise these dogs. I mean, it's... It's and, like $50,000 yeah. to put a team of, like, Captain and I together. Right. And the school... And it costs you nothing. It costs just, you nothing. The school does all the fundraising. There's no government funding. Mm-hmm. So I just got really involved with Guide Dogs of America, and I realized this is my, this is my path. I mean, I could probably still do the job that I did at Paramount, it would be a lot more difficult, Mm -hmm. but my passion changed. Right. That wasn't where my head was at anymore. Right. Um, I wanted to do something that was more inside of me, Mm -hmm. you know, more a part of me rather than this job that I enjoyed. But I wanted to do something that I enjoyed because like I said, it was a part of me. And it it set your soul on fire. Yeah. I felt like, this is my life falling into a place that I didn't think it would after losing vision. Right. And so then I've been with GDA for Guide Dogs of America for about 17, 18 years now. And I love it because it's not only fulfilling to myself, but I get to see so many people's lives change over the years when they come to receive their guide dogs. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it's, we all have a choice of, do I want to do this in a positive way? Or do I want to do this being blindness in a, oh my gosh, the black hole is a step away. Mm -hmm. I could step right into it. I think just, I, I chose the way I chose to try to stay who I was before. Because you've always been a very positive person, you would say pretty, you know what? Honestly, probably more so now. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was very independent before. Okay. Very independent. Right. And I was going to be damned if I lose that. You know, (laughs) my friends would be like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to move in with your mom? Like, no. You're like, no. No, no, (laughs) no. She doesn't want me. I don't, you know. Right. No, I love her to death. She loves me to death. But that's not where we would end up. Right. So... So it's you and Captain then at your at your home. It's Captain and I. Yeah, Captain. I was married for several years and we got divorced. Still friends. So for a while, when I had Nigel, um, my husband and I were in the apartment with Nigel, mm-hmm. and then I stayed in the apartment. And my ex husband went to another apartment, mm-hmm. and it was a period of I I grew so much. Right. I just became like I'm still. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm still that there's some insecurities there that will never go away. I think away. as women, we're just going to always have insecurities. Yes. I just think you're yes. a little more heightened because yes. yeah, you can't see. But Right. And it's like, <laughs> no, wait, what, what do you mean? What, you know, yeah. please explain. You know, right. I have to, I'm on a need to know basis on how you feel, how you feel about me or how you feel about what I did. Right. And, you know, I'm always checking in on that. But I feel more successful doing this not the su- successful is it really i feel more personal success personal success like That's... my i grant my intrinsic value right. is my intrinsic tank gets filled by this whereas before things were like work right and this is work and i can't wait to get home right. i can't wait to not have to think about this anymore right it was a job it, it was a job yeah and i enjoyed it right but you know obviously with blindness you can't put it away Because whenever you're awake, Mm -hmm. you're reminded. But if you can fall into, which I think I did, I fell into a lifestyle where it's not about being blind. Mm -hmm. It's, it's me. It's just me. And I really, I really don't 
think about being blind until people remind me of it. Oh yeah. Whether oh yeah, you're blind. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. or like, or, oh yeah. Like if you and I are at lunch and the server asks you, mm-hmm. um, what would she like to drink? Oh, right. Cause you're and, not, <laughs> what you, um, I don't know. Maybe we should ask her Right. or the lady on the phone when I was at, on the phone at guide dogs and this, I said something about you should come. And she was a girl scout troop leader. Oh, right. And she came to the school. I said, you should come to the school and bring the girls. And she paused on the phone and she was taken back because she said, I didn't sound blind. <laughs> so I really didn't think about being blind in that moment. Right, right, right. Or the Stevie Wonder. He sure doesn't or, sing blind. He doesn't sing, right. He doesn't sing, right. He doesn't yeah. sing like a blind person. He doesn't person. play the harmonica blind. Right. That's crazy. <laughs> Although Ray Charles, now he, sound, he sounded no, right. way blind. Right, yeah. right. So it's just, it's definitely added a lot of humor right. to my life. Yeah. Which is, it's, it's fun a little bit to the expense of other people, <laughs> but it's just different things make different people laugh. Right, right. So what does your day-to-day life with uh, Captain look like? Day-to-day is pretty much like everyone else's, right. whatever their day-to-day is. Um, I'm trying to think what makes my day-to-day different than a sighted person mm-hmm. would be, I mean, I still put on makeup. I have my clothes in a way that I know pretty much hoping right. <laughs> what and where everything is with different markers and, you know, being really OCD about where everything goes. Right. Difference being, which I don't love is being dependent on having to either ask for assistance or needing help getting from point A to point B. Mm. And now with Uber and Lyft, I mean, everybody's doing it. Right. So you don't feel like a blind person because you're taking Uber or <laughs> right, Lyft. Right, right, right. Everyone uses Everybody it. Everybody uses yeah. it. It's really after being blind for a certain amount of time, you find ways to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes... For instance, in my shower, my ex-husband used to say, like, oh, my God, you could open a store in here. (laughs) And you get to learn the feeling of each bottle. And sometimes I would put rubber bands around the, you know, conditioners. Right. Do I really care which conditioner I'm using? No, I just don't want to use it as a shampoo. Shampoo, yeah. But to me, there's no normal. Right. But to me, that's how I do things. Right. And... Blindness is not staring me at the face, I, at my face all the time. It's, don't get me wrong. It's not the, the yeah. life of Riley, but <laughs> right. you know, you lose, I drop something, I can't find it. And, and right. it's like, okay, I am a person with patience. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I am a person with patience. And yeah. you just, it, it, it can knock you down. Yeah. It can knock you down. And I let it knock me down when it comes so that it doesn't kind of build upon yeah, that's Each very human. Time. It would be unhuman if you didn't have moments yes. of that, you know, just right. life right. hitting you. And I don't want to like, okay, okay, let's get over that. I, mean, it's, I, let it, I let it happen. Right. Because the next time, which will happen again, mm-hmm. it'll just magnify the previous one and the previous one. Right. But you, it's, it's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice. That's like life in general, though. Life is in general yes. is a choice yes. of how you handle anything. I mean... That's it. Right. And people will, you know, my gosh, you're so amazing. And yeah, no, I, I'm not amazing. I just found different ways to do things. Right. But it's not, it's not amazing. It's just, I fortunately made a choice. I think to a lot of people, they see, I think you're amazing too. And I think you're very inspiring, but I think it's because it's so uncommon anymore to see just like the decision of, okay, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to get to the other side and I'm not going to let it bring me down, which you've chosen. And I think that's just not necessarily what we see all the time. So it seems like this rare, like butterfly that you are (laughs) just like landing and being like, Oh, Oh my gosh. I mean, because you know, my boyfriend and I came and saw this, your amazing school, the guide dogs of America. And we just, we were overwhelmed when we got in the car in such a positive light, which both of us were like, when was the last time you felt like this? Mm. And he's like, I have no idea. 
And, you know, he's in AA, so he hears inspirational things all the time going to meetings. But both of us were just so inspired by your simply your positivity and how you've handled your life and how you you're also so sure of yourself. And if you're not, you're doing a really great job of faking it, as all women do. <laughs> but you're doing a really good job of just, I mean, and also seeing your relationship with Captain. It's, and the little bit that we saw, I mean, I can't even imagine how, how, how this relationship is. It's And remember, you know, and thank you yeah. for the compliment. <laughs> uh, I'm 100 all the time, so <laughs> I can't be anything. But like also, that. too, it's I'm I'm in an element of... You know, being at Guide Dogs of America, being, you know, talking about Guide Dogs, yeah. talking about blindness, talking about Guide If you had me do like a report on history, <laughs> uh, this girl is so not confident. Right, right. Because that's learned. Yeah. It's not living. You know, I'm yeah. not living the life of history. Right. I'm living the life that I made myself. Right. But the relationship between a guide dog and their handler is... I can't even imagine. It's, you know, I it, it's not like bigger or better than somebody with their pet. You know, no, don't, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. You I can't think. compare. It's it. just different. It's different. Yeah. It's I trust my life. I trust our life yeah. with him. And Captain is fairly new to me. And mm-hmm. we're developing that bond and that trust. And once that fully develops, there's there's no replacement. Right. It's, we get into a groove together. He knows exactly. He starts to learn like how high of a little, you know, notch in the sidewalk do I need for him to tell me that it's there or how little can it be that he can just ignore it? Right. Because I don't need to know that one or how tall, how tall is she and how low does the branch need to be for me to stop? It's... And it's, it's the time together that kind of manifests that into like, it's like, I oftentimes say it's like a dance, right? I know how to do my dance, right? He knows how to do his dance. And then we learn how to dance together. Right. You guys are like Ginger Rogers in front of Yes. (laughs) And we win every dance. Right. (laughs) And you get to do everything backwards and heels. So, you know. Exactly. You know. Right. 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 That's a bit. That's what Obama said one time about Hillary Clinton. She has to do everything backwards and heels and get up two hours earlier than him. Because it's like to put on the makeup. To to put on the hair. Yeah. As women, that's always. And with you even more so, obviously, because you can't see. Right. But, you know, (laughs) with the time, my time frame of getting ready. Yeah is probably faster. Really? And I I believe, uh, this is my Lori's take on it, (laughs) is I'm going by feel like I'm touching my hair now. And I'm feeling, okay, okay, it's curly. Okay, it feels curly all around. Okay, done. I don't have the ability to look in the mirror and say, oh, wait. You know what? I don't like how this side is going over to the right. It should go to the left. (laughs) And I don't have the ability to analyze it, to Mm -hmm. overanalyze it. And then with my makeup, it's the same thing every day right. until I try to change like a new blush or something. Right. Then I need some opinions. Right. And I need, you know, I remember the first time I did my makeup, I had my mom come over. The first time I did my makeup after my blindness. Right. And I said, mom, you got to go in the other room. And she's like, why? I said, because I can hear. You're going to be like, ah, 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 no, no, no. And I said, just go in the other room. And I came out and she was like, you look the same. as how you normally do it. And it's things like that that you realize don't change. You can do it. Right. You just have to think of, okay, so I'm not looking at myself in the mirror doing it. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. the, you know, the tools that I need to put the makeup on. I'm feeling them. Right. Equally and probably maybe a little better because I'm not having the visual analyzation of overpicking. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's once I got the clothes down, the clothes is the more like deciding what to wear. Right. Then it's finding them is pretty okay. Right. Yeah. So when you go shopping, mm-hmm. do you, you have someone with you, obviously? No, no. I do 99% of my shopping on the phone. I okay. call the stores oh. that I really like. Oh. So I know how they fit. Okay. I know... Kind of like today I'm wearing, you know, like you said, my leopard print, Yeah. you know, black and gray jeans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I call on the phone, customer service. I said, Hey, I'm looking, I don't know, just got a thing in my head. Yeah. And do you guys have any like printed jeans rather than just blue jeans? 
I have 8 million blue jeans and I have something different. And the, oh, okay. Well, we've got these leopard print and it is, you know, skinny straight jeans. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I order in two sizes so that I don't have to worry about, you know, them not fitting. Right, right. I, whichever one fits or doesn't fit, they go back. And wow. I just learn how to describe as well as I can some of the things that I like. Sometimes it's even more complicated in a store because I'll be with someone or the salesperson will be there and they'll say, okay, well, we've got this green top. Mm -hmm. Green. Right. Okay. So we've got mint (laughs) and we've got forest green. Can we? Right. Can you give me a a thing, a a range? (laughs) Right. Or it's floral. Okay. Floral. Like big floral? Right. Like, and... It almost gets too overanalyzed because it's in front of you. Right, right, right. Versus right. on the phone, it's it's much easier for me that way. Wow, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, That's, yeah. Did you think of that idea on your, like... Um, I, yeah. Wow. That's yeah. like an out-of-the-box... I think because I used to work in the clothing mart, in the apparel business. Oh, okay. So I think because I knew how to describe that it was kind of second nature to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking for a chenille hoodie. Right. Like, <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Well, she knows what she wants. Yeah. So I, yeah, I just thought this will be easier because me going, everything looks the same. Right. And the touchy-feely part, if I know it's cotton, I know it's cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, to switch it up here really quick. So um, I, like I said, I did research before you got here and I wanted to look to see um, how many bills or resolutions for the 115th, which is the 2017-2018 Congress, and the 116th Congress, there were mm-hmm. in terms of blindness or blindness awareness or guides or anything. So what's very interesting is that for the 115th uh, session of Congress, there was 124 bills and none of them became law, not a single one of them, right. uh, with some sort of blindness, th- you know, because sometimes with bills, obviously, they get thrown in and mashed up together with a billion other things. Right. So just the word blindness was mentioned at some point. Yes. And our current Congress, which we still have until January, January will be the new Congress, obviously, uh, we have 90 bills, a resolution, and only two of them have passed the House. And one of them want to pass onto the Senate and resolves in the Senate. But that was simply because, again, it was one of those that was lumped in. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting was that about three, I think three of those bills were for helping veterans who have gone blind, um, which is still, it's not even a House resolution yet. Uh, and the other one was um, using more funds to help blind and deaf and, and schools which is not something that's really talked about very mm-hmm. often. What if your mm-hmm. child is blind? So what is your take on that in terms of federal funding, blindness? I think that sometimes, you know, it, it's kind of a caught a rock in a hard place because sometimes federal funding has too much control. Mm-hmm. And whereas we don't have any government funding, so we do the training. All There's about... 11 guide dog schools across the country Mm -hmm. that are individually run. Kind of like colleges. We all do the same thing, but we're independently owned. Right. Um, Because of the lack of government funding, we've got to work incredibly hard at private donations, corporate donations, and things like that. But on the other side, because of no government funding. You can do what you want. (laughs) We we do what we want how we know how to do it. Right. Successfully without government saying. Exactly. If somebody were to say, you know, no, you need to have someone learn, you know, with a new guide dog, you know, in 28 days, Mm -hmm. the program needs to be 28 days. Well, no, it doesn't. Right. We, we have done it in as short as 10. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the, Maxim, well, the, the minimum that we do, Guide Dogs America does, for a someone who's never had a dog before is three weeks of training. Mm-hmm. If you've had a guide dog before, it could be two weeks of training. Right. Or it could be based on your level of handling. It could be 10 days. So if there was some government regulation on that, they, that would, write, yeah. they, they would write those rules for us right? or say that the money needs to go more into marketing mm-hmm. or more into, I mean, we're at an 82% uh, 
of funds coming in going toward the program, mm-hmm. which is great. That's amazing. Which is great. <laughs> I don't have any nonprofits. No, <laughs> no. We're very proud of that. Yeah, that's a yes. great number. Yes. Wow. And um, because we count on donations, people look at that number mm-hmm. because they want to make sure that their money is going toward the program itself. Right. Sometimes if there's government funding, you don't really have say. Yeah. You don't have the control over where right. that money goes. So, you know, the bills that pass that, that do help are, uh, I should say rather laws, are things that come into play. Like if you are crossing a street mm-hmm. and somebody is trying to distract your guide dog as you're crossing, that's a five in California, that's a $5,000 penalty. penalty. I know, I looked that up. Yeah. <laughs> And those it's like those, sorry, Captain. <laughs> yeah, do not look at that right. piece of pizza that that man is throwing in front of you. Um, yeah, so it's it's also um, dogs that are off leash mm-hmm. are a problem. Mm-hmm. So there's a law that has to do with if your dog attacks a service dog and puts the service dog out of service, right? That's, that's a, a crime. It's um yeah, I agree with you that it's interesting when it comes to federal funding because an example of that is uh, rehab facilities. A lot of times now, because of Obamacare and insurance kind of being more government run, um, rehabs are now saying things like before it used to be at like the Betty Ford Center, Mm -hmm. they would say a minimum of 90 days. Like that's what they recommend at the Betty Ford Center. Now they'll get 10 days if they're lucky. Yeah. So I totally, completely agree with you on that. But do you think there needs to be more of government's help in bringing awareness? Yes. That's that's where you think that it should be. Absolutely. I mean, having like... Even just, you know, thank you for, you know, having yeah. this, this podcast. It's the awareness of people knowing how, you know, the problem lies a little bit, a lot of it with the fake service dog problem. Right. We were so, just talking about that before you got here. Yeah. yeah that, that's <laughs> been a really big problem. Right. And um, it's... Like emotional service dogs. Emotional service dogs. and That the, aren't... That are not, I mean, the the true definition of a service dog Mm -hmm. is, and businesses are allowed to ask, is that your service dog? Mm -hmm. And you say yes. The other question that a business is allowed to ask and only is, what task has your dog been trained to provide you, to assist you? Mm -hmm. That's the key word, because if there's an emotional support dog that has not been trained a task right. to do something. It's not doing a service right. and therefore not a service dog. Right. So I do think there needs to be a lot of awareness about just the clarification, the clarification. Cause I when mean, I, um, I go to Disneyland quite mm-hmm. often and there's a lot of service dogs there uh-huh. and I'm sort of confused as to what's going, you know, I mean, Cause I look at captain, I look how trained captain is and mm-hmm. I look how like aware he is. And there's also a lot of dogs when you enter Disneyland now, they're, they're obviously working, they're police dogs and mm-hmm. they're, and they're always aware. And, always, and so sometimes when I see these service dogs at Disneyland, I'm thinking these dogs are looking all over the place. And the, I mean, some are like Pomeranians and some yes. are like, you know, some are labs and I'm sure, you know, I know some train that way they take them like. Um, to different areas before they fully get with their owner. But yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think it's an easy ticket now. I mean, I think that anyone who has some type of, and there are emotional service animals. I'm not, there are legitimate, there are legitimate ones ones, without a doubt. Absolutely. And there are people that I know that it makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. um, in their day-to-day lives. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just been a lot of situations where, or I've been on an airplane and there's this huge like <laughs> the St. Bernard, like St. Bernard like sitting there and I'm like in its own seats and uh-huh. I'm like uh okay yes. like you know just like hanging out not yes. like aware and not working right you know you can tell when a dog is working and when a dog you know is off speaking of that it was so cute when we came and saw you guys at this um guide dogs of America when you took off captain's harness yes. he just became like this quote unquote like I'm off work <laughs> like how we all are you know like no more work today it's the weekend that's what's amazing <laughs> I mean, these dogs know the harness is on. They're clocked in. You take the harness off and it's like their brain. It's just, happy hour somewhere. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> it was a crazy. bar. It's here. Yeah. I, I'm going to have something. I'm going to eat something. He was and, like prancing. He was just like, yes. you know, t- we were just like, oh my God, so cute. And then the second you put the harness on, he's like, okay, mm-hmm. got to go to work now. Yes. You know, it's like us in the uniform. Okay. Got to go to work now. Right. You know, it was just... 
And that's a question I get asked a lot is do the dogs get to play, mm-hmm. you know, do right. I think a, um, a myth is that, you know, service dogs are working. They work all the time. Right. Not the case. Right. When you're at home, he's at home. It's home. Right. It's he has not, the harness off. When he has he's the harness home. off. Yeah. He could be like anybody's just very well-trained pet. Right. Um, but they do, I mean, trust me, you want to come back as my guide dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You said that. I, I yeah. I mean, it. it's really, um, and every, there's so much into the matching of person to guide dog. It's not just like, okay, 10 people and we have 10 dogs. Let's put them together. Right. So if my lifestyle is not go, 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 Mm -hmm. I would not be matched with a dog that's go, go, go. Right. And that's as a result. So the dog and the person would be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, But back to the the helpfulness that the government Mm -hmm. and federal, it's, it's awareness. It's. Yeah, you can go on Amazon and buy a jacket that says service dog with an ID tag. So a lot of people, you know, depending on integrity, will say, oh, there's my ticket. And it's building awareness that it is, that there isn't government funding, but Mm -hmm. there are, they do rely on, like I said, individual or corporate Mm -hmm. um, sponsorships and things like that. And just getting the word out how, how... He's to me like somebody's wheelchair is to them. And I don't That's think, a really good way to put it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's looked at that No. At all. No, not at all. No. Not in any way. I um, mean I and I think also with it is that blindness is it can affect any of us. Mm-hmm. It's not like some genetic, you know, I mean to, uh, and what the crazy thing is, is that unless I feel like it affects you it's out of your mind. Absolutely. You, you don't think about it at all. And I think in terms of government, it's really out of their mind. Yes. Unless it's like right in front of them dealing with it. Yes. Which is how a lot of government issues kind of get resolved eventually is like mm-hmm. a congressman's daughter goes through something, a senator's daughter, you know. So it's got to get really close it's gotta to get, home. I mean, like <laughs> it's yes. got to be under their household in order yes. for them to be really affected by yes. it. Um, so I think that's, but what I just, I think like if Captain and you were to like show up on the hill and like meet with these, these, you know, frumpy senators and yes. they, they, it would bring a little bit more awareness. It does only, I mean, not saying me myself, yeah. but I think it puts, first of all, it puts the stereotype, mm-hmm. stereotypical look that, yeah, this can happen to you Yeah, because I know I don't look like the person no. you think should look like being blind. Right. And people even said that when I did lose, like, God, this doesn't really happen to people like you. And I was like, what is people like me? I know. What, what I don't is know. That? <laughs> what, what is that? How I don't, do you I, they that? say it with other things too, mental yes. health, people who are depressed, yes. chronically depressed. And yes. they're like, well, you don't look depressed. And you're like, what am I supposed to look like right. in my house all the time? Right. Like, that's not what it looks like. But right. You know, I mean, and it can happen to anyone because, you know, Justice Sonia Meyer, she has diabetes and yes. she struggled with it. I mean, very intense. And finally, mm-hmm. recently, she's really starting to take care of herself. But it's like, it could happen to our Supreme Court justice. And you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it could happen to anyone. Yes. And um, in fact, with diabetes so high up there mm-hmm. on the charts, uh, it's one of the leading causes of blindness. I think it made Mary Tyler Moore, right? Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, she had, she had deep di- troubles yes. with diabetes. Yes, she yeah. had a lot. It's hard. It's hard to have diabetes type 1. Mm-hmm after X amount of years and not have some trouble. And that's not like a fear factor out to everyone, but you gotta, you gotta stay on top of it. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I captain, he could walk around by himself and maybe get into traffic and maybe get hurt. Mm -hmm. And I could definitely (laughs) walk into traffic and get hurt. Right. But as a team, yeah. We could both do it together safely. Right. So that's why it's like he he's my means of mobility. Completely. Like a wheelchair. Right. And so when people are like, I'm sorry, you can't have your dog in here. It's like, well, he's a surface dog. He's my guide dog. Well, I'm sorry. No. And or on a flight, you know, I pre. Um, Captain Six, not see you. Like when you pre, yeah, when pre- you got on the plane earlier, you oh, yeah, you pre-book, pre-book. Like, yeah, pre-board, I pre-board, yeah. So I'll be in the line of pre-board, and I, I know people, people are, are looking at me like, 
What, why are you, yeah. what's your problem? Uh-huh. And, or going to businesses and like, we don't allow dogs here mm-hmm. and it's, then I can't be in here cause I can't get around. Right. Um, but I think because it's a wheelchair looks like a wheelchair. Right. And that in fact, in the, um, handicap, uh, symbol, mm-hmm. it's a square bottom, you know, it's a right, uh, right angle in that pretty much almost signifies, you know, right. disability. Right. And when you see a dog, it, there's no association really, unless you have the look. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I put dark sunglasses on, yeah, then that would change things. Right. And so what's, um, how do you feel about stem cell research in terms of they've had a couple of successes now with kind of reversing um, not your type of blindness, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. other types of blindness. How would you, cause it's not, stem cell research is so controversial. Yes. Um, but how do you personally, if you don't mind? I, I listen, if there was some set there and there is, mm-hmm. there is some stem cell research on, you know, curing diabetes or yeah. helping the pancreas. There's re, a lot of them. Yeah. Know, reproduce insulin. Mm-hmm. And I, it's life-saving. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely life-saving. Right. Um, for my situation, uh, because my eye is so far, you know, right. there is not just one thing that's wrong. It's I've got a Multitude. nice little package <laughs> in both eyes right. that, you know, you have to buy from different places. Right. Um, like but Amazon. If, yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> get, a, get a retina from Amazon. Right. And all of a sudden it turns into a whole shopping cart. Right. Of right, right. Yeah. 17 million yeah. retinas. <laughs> um, I believe that if you believe in it. Mm hmm. It is an absolutely life-saving concept. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was stem cell research that would help my eyes, mm-hmm. yeah, because they're doing that research, yeah, only to better things for people, right? I mean, I would like to think that most of the medical research is for the better of. You would think, no. <laughs> you would think, as I'm saying, I would like to think, I would like to think that that research goes into how can we stop blindness? How could we stop cancer? Right. How could we? And if there was, I think sometimes until people actually experience yeah. a thing, yeah, then they could possibly be against it. They could possibly be before it. Mm-hmm. But until it enters your, like you said, until it's really in a part of your life, yeah, you wouldn't really think about it. Right. It's sort of, um, Susan G. Komen who mm-hmm. had breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, it is, that is the cancer that's the closest, no matter what stage you diagnosed, you have a very, very, it's like a 90% chance of really continuing your life. Mm-hmm. And it's simply because she had so much awareness and she brought so much awareness to breast cancer where remember like Betty Ford got breast cancer yes. and it was like, Oh, huh, why should she talk yes. about this? And I mean, yes. she started that without yes. a doubt because so many women were dying from it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just, um, bringing, like I said, awareness and making it, even if it's not in your home, how do you make it? So people go, Oh, like I feel that, or I get that, or I hear that because that's, that's what it's about in terms of, what makes people interested right. is like that connection. Of- and I think it's, I think it's human nature that you oh, do, yeah. you do gravitate like before I lost my vision and I still do give to American juvenile diabetes fund. But if somebody had approached me with another type of disease or disorder, right? because I can't relate to it personally. Mm-hmm. Not that I wouldn't give, but, but it not wouldn't be much. in my circle, my right, my vantage point. No pun. Right. Um, it, it, I know that it's there. Right. But because I haven't been affected by it, or you know, thank God nobody, you know. But everybody knows someone, unfortunately, who's been affected by cancer. Yeah. So that is it's not an easy sell, but it's a common interest. Yeah. But when you get to blindness, because like you said, you haven't met a blind person before. Yeah. Not a lot of people have. Right. So when it comes to finding a cure for diabetes or a cure for blindness mm-hmm. or, or um, giving to like guide dogs of America to provide the guide dogs, right. that is so far removed from so many people's lives. Right. But that's right now. Yeah. They don't know. I'm not saying it will happen to them. Yeah. But so many things in your life could happen 
that it's, I don't know, I always feel that it's nice to be, you don't have to be a big part of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's nice to be a part of different things Mm -hmm. that can affect somebody you know or love. Right. It's it's sort of with me personally, um, my grandmother passed away about a little over a year ago from pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. And it ne- we never as a family, none of our family members had cancer. It wasn't real to any of us. It was mm-hmm. sad for other people. It was sad. But she went very quickly. Um, she went within six months. And now it's sort of like my dad does... Um, like walks for different things, you know, and, and so now what he wants to do as a family for pancreatic cancer, where before we never would have really thought, but mm-hmm. it's so personal now. So, it, but the other thing that's interesting is that when my boyfriend came home from your guys's poker event, mm-hmm. he was texting me that night because he knows I'm obsessed with dogs uh-huh. and we don't have any right now. We have three cats. He's, he was like, Oh, these dogs are amazing. They're so smart. They're so cute. Blah, blah. He was like sending me pictures and it, it touched him in a way that I hadn't really seen. Mm-hmm. And then he emailed you guys and it was interested just about your program and what you guys do. And then we came and did the tour. And so it, it does, it can touch people. If the, if you make it human, which you are very good at of making it seem so human and so real and that, you know, like it's, it's different if you go to an event and things seem sort of sterile and you're just giving it's money. Like a booth. Yeah. Like a booth or <laughs> yes. like, you know, I've been to like yes. so many like, gala type that you know like yes. and it's like oh god what are we giving to you know it's yes. just sort of you can't, not you in can't attach to it there's no attachment yeah. but there was an attachment there for him mm. that he just was very he was so interested and he's still so interested and he wants to help out as well and I mean and he's I think he had like a dog once when he was like a kid he's always <laughs> been the cat guy so I, I don't even know where this came from but and seeing him also with Captain at the end of our tour and he was like hey like it was the cra- it I was wasn't like, a normal thing yeah I was just yeah. like what but he just I don't know if he was proud of Captain. I don't know uh-huh, what it was, but uh-huh. he just was like, so, you know. Um, I think it's a respect. Yeah, I think. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I respect these dogs. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just. It's amazing. It's amazing what, they're, it's what amazing. they're capable of doing. All all dogs are amazing. Yeah, all dogs are amazing. But these dogs that work, I mean, yes. the Captain or the, the ones I see at Disneyland who are working. As yes. Like, you know, or the amazing dog that just, uh, in, when we got the head of ISIS and like mm-hmm. she led mm-hmm. the way and now yes. she's. I mean, or of course, like H.W. Bush's service dog that like yes. laid by, you know, the, yes. the casket. I mean, <laughs> they're just, but just seeing them in work and working for you and wanting to work for you and like that connection, seeing that just makes it so human. And well, I, it's okay. very, it's, they're not like they're only here to help. Yeah, no. Their, <laughs> their jobs are strictly because they want to please. Yeah. And they want to this is my job. I'm yeah. here. I'm here to help you. Right. And that's, you know, you hear it all the time, but it's this completely like cliche cliche, but this is the cliche <laughs> that it's uh, unconditional love. Right. This is unconditional. Yeah. Love. This one who, or all the guide dogs or all this, you know, service dogs that yeah. actually do something to get us out of danger mm-hmm. is wow. Yeah. And I don't care whether it's trained right. into them or not. They have an ability to reject and say, this isn't for me. Right. And that we learned during the two years that it takes to train them. Mm-hmm. They have several opportunities to show us that, uh, no, this stresses me out. Right. can't do this. Right. And then they won't. Right. Then they get to go be a... They could go be a dog. Or they could go do a different kind of service. Right. Where they're not like in traffic and trying to be responsible, you know. Right. Right, right, right. Definitely. Yeah. So what are your guys's, um, you have events every year. You want to tell me a little bit about some Yeah, we have, um, we've got events across the country. I mm-hmm. mean, we're fortunate enough that the uh, Machinist Union actually puts on, whether it's golf, uh, like, tur- it's like golf tournaments <laughs> and car washes and right. motorcycle events. And we're located in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So at our school... We have, uh, during the summer, usually around August, we have a casino night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a, a big motorcycle ride uh, for the last 15 years that now has grown to about 550 people <laughs> that join, that come and That's attend. Amazing. Yeah. And just graduations are amazing to come to. It's open to the public. Yeah. Uh, we just How often are the graduations? We usually have them about five times a year. Okay. And our next graduation isn't until March. Right. Because we're 
doing some changes. And so the breeding stock is a little bit lower. Oh, okay. And, but, and the demand is, is still there. You know, I, I think a lot has to do with technology now mm-hmm. where you don't need a guide dog as much because you can have the market or the grocery store deliver to you. You don't right. have to walk to, you have Uber. I do that stuff. and I don't even have a <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. But the people that really want a companion with yeah. them all the time, that will never be replaced right. by anything. Right. So, um, or like kids going to school, they need, I mean, if a kid, I mean, we got, yeah. In fact, yeah. we send some of our puppy raisers who are the family or person who has the dogs as they're in training and they go out and they do public speaking or speaking to public schools mm-hmm. or private schools just to get the kids aware early. Right. Like there's nothing more that I love. Well, maybe there is, but like <laughs> what a kid, what a child and his parent says out loud, no, Mom, no, we can't pet that dog. He's working. Oh. And I literally turn around or whatever direction I think they are. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for knowing that. As usual, kids are smarter than the they adults. They are. Because how many times do people come up to cats and they're Const- like, oh my God. I mean, Const- I did that when I met him, but now I know better. So No, what was great was, um, I think it was Nigel. I, he had a sign on his harness that said, please don't, pet, I'm working, please don't pet me. Uh-huh. I can't tell you how many times a day... People would be petting him going, oh, oh, that's so cute. Please don't pet me. I'm working at pet, 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 pet. And I'm right. like, oh my gosh, who needs the guide dog? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but it's it's that um, education yeah. that needs to be put out there younger in life. Right. And the idea of, you know, giving and supporting a cause that you might not have a connection right. to now, but... You might at one point, and yeah. it's a good feeling to know that you were part of changing somebody's life. Yeah. I was talking to my niece. Um, I FaceTime her all the time, and we were talking about my next podcast, and I was telling her, and she was like, wait, what? And I was like, no, she's blind, so she has this dog, and it's so amazing. And and she was like, I think I'm going to Google that and look that up so I'm more informed. Like, that's how these kids... <laughs> But I was, and she came back to me like the next day and was like, that's so cool. And she was like telling me, she's like, so the dog's working. It's not just hanging out with her. And I was like, yeah, isn't that amazing? And she's like, they're so smart. And, you know, but her awareness of it, of that. wanting to be a, like, wait, what? Let me learn more. She's yes. just that kind of girl. But I don't know where she gets that. But <laughs> it might be genetic. Yeah, it might possibly be genetic. Possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, then I love kids that come up and, you know, they want to ask about him or kids that I know, you know, mm-hmm. my friend's kids are like, they'll, they'll just instinctively like grab my hand, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm with captain or not, like they want to help. Right. They just, that tenderness of children. Right. They just, whereas adults, not that it's completely different, but adults, they don't know what to do. Right. So many it's people. It's the comfort zone with adults. Yes. You know, it's, what do I say? What do I do? Mm-hmm. What, and people ask me if I see someone who's blind what should I do? And I said, what would you do if you saw someone sighted? (laughs) And it's, that's the reality is, yeah, is same thing. Right. You want to say hi, say hi. Right. You can hear. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. There is that. Right. Or if you see someone in a wheelchair, that does not mean right away. Oh my gosh. I want to, I want to be able to assist them. Right. Maybe they don't ask. We'll ask. And that's one of the things that's tough about trying to be independent is really probably me more so because I'm a little stubborn about my independence. Oh, right. What is your sign, by the way? Gemini. Uh, oh, okay. Is that, what, does that work? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's the sign of Lori Independent. Yeah. And there's the sign of like, if my mom says, here, honey, here's the sweet and low. Right. Let me put it in for you. Yeah. There's that Lori. And then there's the Lori where you say, oh, do you want me to put the sweet and low in? Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a different level of the independent Mm-hmm. thing. But many people before I had my dog, I remember being on a corner with my cane. And like I said, you know, I can hear, thank God. And I heard somebody and I said, good morning. And I, I know they're looking at me like, can she see me? Right. Like, I don't know. Can can she see me? Right. And people, there's no response because they don't, they're so taken aback mm-hmm. by what they think should be and what really is. Right. Um, 
that they put their foot in the mouth all the time. Right. Like I go in an elevator. Uh, what level is your car parked on? <laughs> um, and I look at my dog and I say, uh, we, we didn't drive. <laughs> right, 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 right. Definitely. Kids that have, they have no, they have no point to a fault. They have no yeah. boundaries. Yeah. They have no filter. They have no, no boundaries. Filter, they no. just say like whatever. Yeah. And yeah. there's something pretty amazing about that too. Right. So I wish we could sometimes go back more, be more childlike in ways. Which is we, why I love that the kids get mm-hmm. told and taught about and educated yeah. about people with disabilities. Right. That, you know what, whatever you want to call normal. Yeah. We're normal. Right. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's extremely important. Yeah. And there's no normal. There is no, no there is no normal. <laughs> I mean, sight or no sight. I'm, right, I'm not right, normal. Right. There's, <laughs> there's no normal whatsoever right. by any means. Right. What are three words that you would describe yourself? Um, I would say, so part of me, I'd like to say inspirational. You can say that. I'll prove that message. Okay. Um, <laughs> inspirational. No. Um, <laughs> Like a political ad. I approve of this message. <laughs> I'm running for president. And I approve of this message. <laughs> uh, insightful. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, caring. Okay. Those are all good, amazing qualities. And three words to describe Captain. <sighs> <laughs> that I don't have to dig as deep. Right. <laughs> he is loving, mm-hmm. trustworthy. And the best companion. Aww. And very handsome. He's a handsome and boy. And handsome. He's a handsome boy. I'll tell you, he's a very handsome boy. <laughs> so I should keep you? Yeah. <laughs> How long have you had him now? Um, it's 10 months. Oh my, so yeah. new. So new. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's, and that, the process of that bonding, you know, it, it takes time. It's yeah. not like it's a, you know, jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. We match, we go. Yeah. It's... The more I experience him doing things that I didn't know of, mm. for instance, like people oftentimes will ask, did he ever save your life? Mm. And I'm like, uh, every time I put the harness on, right? because I, there's no way I know <laughs> right. 90% of what he's guiding me around. Right. We could have gone into a pole. Right. And yeah. He just say, maybe not my life, but right. he saved me from getting hurt. Yeah. Um, when I tell him to at a corner to go forward and he disobeys me and that's mm. called intelligent disobedience. Mm. That's because he sees the hybrid car that I don't hear. You know, I, I hate to say this and don't listen, Captain, but he's still a dog. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you still don't know what's going you can you can train them for two years to not be distracted by squirrels and these and that. But you know, there's also this innate stuff that may right. come out. Right. But, um, but the more I experience with him and the more he experiences me and the things that I need, like if, if there's, uh, something that he missed and maybe didn't think I needed to know. And I rework that because I did a little, Oh, Whoa. And I rework it to show him, be careful, be right. careful. Then he knows, okay, I got to show her those kind of things. Too. Right. Well, when we were there, um, he, you, that you didn't know there was some steps. You were kind of like off. And he just instantly, just one right in front of you. And, and literally, my boyfriend was like, thought that was the most amazing. It, it is. It is the most but amazing. It is amazing. He was just like, it, did it you is. see that? Did you see that? I was like, yeah, that's remarkable. It, it, <laughs> he just stopped is. you to make sure you were okay. And yeah. like, that's his goal every day is to make sure you're I mean, okay. and this is my day-to-day life. And he's my fourth guide dog. And I, there is never a time that I'm not like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So how can people find out more about Guide Dogs America if they're listening and want to help out or pay well, that forward? That would be amazing. <laughs> another amazing thing. Um, our website is a great way to just, there's so much information on that. And that's guidedogsofamerica.org. Okay. And there's everything from how you can help by volunteering if you're local, how um, you can do fundraisers if you're not local, mm-hmm. um, if you company wants to do a benefit or a fundraiser for Guide Dogs of America. Especially There's with the holiday season coming up. Holidays, if you want to get that last yeah. end of the year end tax of the year donation. Tax yeah. yes. It really helps you on now with all the latest tax it does. gamble. So. It, it does. Yeah. It does. Uh-huh. And um, You guys also have the quilt? We, oh, we, we have so many. We have so many things that people come and make do for us. Right. We have this 
group that makes a quilt for us. So we have a quilt for sale. It is. It's it's a raffle. It's and a, we, yeah. T- yeah, we we bought like 10 raffle oh, tickets. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. because I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, I want this on my bed. Because yes. it's this gorgeous quilt. Yes. And it's huge. It can fit, like they said, a king size king bed. King size bed. Uh-huh. And it's just all these different beautiful patches of, of dogs and just, oh my God. It just was, yeah. yeah the, these quilts that they have made, these groups And are... it's the local little women. I mean, I wish yeah. I knew how to quilt. And I'm like... I, it kind of makes you want to. Lori, thank you so much oh, for coming. You. I will. Uh, I can't wait for this to come out and everyone to hear how normal you are. How normal? Whatever I sound. normal it is. You sound and I, I look, you can I hear. I can yes. hear. You're very cute. Okay. Yeah. You're single and ready to mingle, right? Single, ready to mingle. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I can attest. Watch out, Capitol Hill. Right. <laughs> exactly. Woo. Yeah, you don't want to go down that yeah, road. Yeah, you know what, maybe. No, I'll, you don't want to do that. I'll come for a visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. Thank and uh, I would thank love you. to have you come back anytime. Absolutely. Like, I would love that. Anytime. So this is the OG of the HRC signing off. Until next time. Bye.